Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko. You know what this means? Two weeks in a row with the face that runs the place. Joining me, as always, is 215 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, Mr. John Dam Johnston. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not 200. I've never gone over 200 pounds in my life. You know what? I, I uh, allow me to amend. 115 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. <laughs> John Dam Johnston. Okay. okay. <laughs> and the undefeated, undisputed, reigning and defending <laughs> champion of the world, Todd Wolverton. I'm glad you didn't bring my weight into it. I am certainly north of 200 pounds. Same Z's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to start things off with a laugh. Uh, the, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to look at the Husker schedule and go win or loss down the room. <laughs> That's how we ended the last show. And oh, gosh, we all started off pretty rough. Um Let's let's uh, let's go back to last Saturday in Champaign, where Nebraska shit the bed. Okay, are we going over the Illinois game? That's that what we're last doing? Saturday in Champaign. Yeah, that's that was a game in Champaign last Saturday. Yeah, it was a, okay. Unless you're hey, talking I, YMCA you know youth soccer. Ohio State has just scored to go up seventeen to fourteen in the third quarter. Okay. Uh, last week's Illinois game. What did I think of it? I did my reaction video. It got over 23,000 views on YouTube. It's insane. Uh, join how our, you are. Join our YouTube channel. I think it's because people see some like homeless looking guy on a park bench and they're like, what the fuck is this about? But, uh, not the, not the opener we were looking for. Nope. Nope. By the way, uh, not, channel now nothing is over 1000 subscribers. Yeah, no, nothing has changed with this football team. Nothing. Yeah, there, there's changes to this team. Defense oh, is better. Defense yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Well. The defense is better. And, and the way the defense started that game, um, there was every reason to believe that the team was going to be able to, to pull out a victory in Champaign. And, uh, you know, I, there was uh, more aggressive play than what I've seen in a while. We actually had a pass rush. Now, you know, we can certainly qualify everything that we say tonight. Yeah, but it was Illinois. Well, we don't know how good it's going to be. We'll see at the end of the season. You know, they're underdogs to Texas San Antonio or somebody, I think, coming up today or this weekend. But the truth of the matter is, is that that defense played well enough to win that ball game. They had one bad series open in the second half crappy time to have a bad series you don't want to open the second half giving up you know giving up a touchdown but that defense is a solid defense and I think that you know they're going to get better from where they're at and the the best hope we have is that the defense is going to win football games for Nebraska that's it there the defense was not without its mistakes and by that, I mean, I feel like similar to some of the repetitive errors on the offensive side of the ball, 
Caleb Tanner, and I love his style of play. Uh, but I think sometimes he he makes you know he's he, if he's playing if it was Madden it'd be like that hit stick you know he he's got to get on the highlight reel and unfortunately that the highlight this time around was two penalties for a total of thirty yards. Not only that, it wiped away a, a Cam Taylor Britt interception. When, when I look at the defense overall, that's really the only thing that I can say that, uh, you know, yeah. uh, I was so not only was I not surprised, but I was downright tickled at, at the play of uh, Fildarius Payne. Uh, you know, I, I and I thought that the front seven was getting a rush at, at, at times. You know, I think I think they were doing good things. Um, and you Illinois should um, you know, and, and I, I, I don't want to, there's, there's an old, um, there's like an old philosophy in, you know, when you're talking about your point, you don't ever want to talk down to uh, about them ahead of a game because, you know, like if, if you browbeat, you know, a, a team, you know, like a, a Fordham or Illinois and you call them the drizzling shits and then you beat them. Well, you beat a team that's the equivalent of the drizzling shits, but even worse, they beat you. You got beat by a team that's the equivalent of the drizzling shits. So uh, I, I'm not, but their starting quarterback got hurt early in the game, midway through the first quarter. And they brought in a backup who we just saw at the end of last season. And he, you know, did. I want to say he played just above serviceable. Uh, You know, I think he did just enough to uh, manage that, that game uh, from the quarterback position. And, and, and uh, you know, we just couldn't at times we couldn't hold on to their, uh, their receivers enough. And, and they've got uh, some good running backs. And I think maybe last week we forgot about some of that. You know, we talked about those super seniors coming back and, and uh, I, because I mentioned it, and true, John, what my ass on that, or I think it was John. It might have been you, Todd. I, no, I it was know. John. It was John. Okay. <laughs> it's like the the twenty two whatever super seniors were the guys who got Levy Smith fired. Well, they're back, and they just got Bert his first win uh, at Illinois, and it came oh. at our expense. And that, um, you know, but it was it was a lot of the the running back, you know, game and and. I think as the game went on and our offense couldn't stay on the field, the defense got a little, a little loose, and, and that opened up some more opportunities for the Illini. I want to jump in here because John's saving up, and he's going to go on one of his patented rants here in just a few minutes. I am but so I, want, I want to just say a couple of things in response to what you said there. <laughs> you know, the, the thing that we have to remember, too, about that game on Saturday when that backup quarterback came in, they adjusted – made adjustments with their offense to accommodate him. That pass rush that Nebraska had was really good in the first half. Second half, most of their passing plays were three-step drops, much quicker. That neutralized the pass rush. That took a little bit away from him. And so that allowed him, you know, to make those, you know, to have those completions that was complemented by a good running game. And so they were able to have enough offense to put some points on the board in the second half, but more importantly, hang on to the doggone football and keep it away from Nebraska. You know, Caleb Tanner is a fun player to watch. And, you know, a lot of big red fans can bitch and moan all they want to about, well, that shouldn't have been a penalty or we got robbed. That was a penalty. That was a penalty. He drove him into the ground. Unfortunately, and John's mentioned it, 
you know, on Corn Nation, you know, the production by Fox was so damn pathetic. We were never, ever shown a clip of the taunting. Not that we get to be the referees and overrule the call on the field. But, you know, fell right back into the crap that I've bitched about for five years is that undisciplined kind of football that costs you big in, in the moments that you can't afford to give it. That's 30, that's 30 yards. I was bitching about undisciplined football with Mike Riley and things, you know, Scott Frost, new culture, all this kind of stuff, penalties and stupid mistakes continue to plague this team. It started in the Riley era and we need a vaccine or, or, or we need a, an exorcism. I think, you know, to steal something I read this morning, something needs to happen where these guys play with, with discipline and, and intelligent football, just like <laughs> beautiful catch on that punt by Cam Taylor Britt. That was beautiful at the flipping one yard line. I mean, uh, Piss poor, piss poor play. That's that's what cost Nebraska this football game. I'm going to go in a different direction, Todd. Take off, buddy. You know what? I think we have a head coach that uh, I don't even think he knows what he's fucking doing. You know what? It would have been a good play to see in that game. The swing. The good play to see. Huh? What's that? Swinging gate pass. <laughs> no, they they you know the sideways pass that everybody hates. Yeah. Why? Because it's a constraint play. And what a constraint tape play does is that make sure the defense is playing honest. And you, Illinois didn't give a shit about our passing game. <laughs> they, they didn't. Their linebackers were just going to the ball. I mean, it's why Taylor Martinez or Adrian Martinez, whatever fucking Martinez he is, uh, was able to just take off up the field. Why? Because all the safeties and everybody are playing up and all he had to do is one move and he's gone for 75 yards. But there were no – we didn't run counters. We didn't run misdirection plays. You know, we didn't run any screens. We didn't run any draws. I don't – you know, and then Scott Frost gets up at a press conference and says they started in an even front and we had to throw out half our playbook. He's got to know how stupid that sounds. That is not a good look. No, because Lubick, his coordinator, comes out later and, they, you know, he says, yeah, we practice against different fronts. And, you know, part of the playbook goes away depending upon the front front they're using. In other words, what you have is a child answering a question compared to a grown adult answering questions. And if Lubick is going to be the offensive coordinator, why isn't he calling plays? Or is this – are we stuck with another head coach who who's bound and determined that he's an offensive genius? Because right now his offense has been shit for three years. Three years in one game. There you go. And I, before I, Minnesota, 19 yard TD takes the lead 20 to 17. <laughs> did I almost, Todd, did you hear that? I almost thought like he said, my Minnesota. I thought I heard my, I thought I heard that my Minnesota. <laughs> I think, I think he worked that in there. John, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I, before I, I'd be, before I called for Frost's head, I would be really curious to know if he was going to do anything with the quarterback coach. 
because there has not even there's not only not been progression or at least consistent any type of measurable progression. We don't. I, I would say that almost yes, sir. Why are we going to blame the quarterback coach? There doesn't look like there's any any growth in Adrian Martinez. He no, there isn't. It's one guy. One guy. So far, we've seen that Scott Frost won't turn over his play calling capabilities to a guy he actually pays to be an offensive coordinator. What makes you think for a fucking second that Scott Frost is turning over anything to Mario Verduzco? You guys need to argue with me because at this point, I'm I'm kind of getting done with Frost, and I don't, I'm usually the guy that hangs on until last. And I I'm ready for them to announce after our shitty game against Fordham that uh, Eric Chenander is going to be the interim head coach for the rest of the year. I'm ready for that. So you guys need to argue against me. (laughs) You know, I I would, uh, yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from here a little bit. I'm not going to defend Scott Frost. Um, I will defend Mario Verduzco a bit. (laughs) And, and what I'm going to say here with, with Mario Verduzco, his job is, you know, to teach, uh, to teach the quarterback the mechanics of his position and also to help him uh, with everything from, you know, the decision-making process to, you know, to his checkoffs and all that, you know, to teach him how to be a quarterback. And I'm not going to tell you that Verduzco's done, Coach Verdue, you know, has, has done a great job. But our only measuring stick really is Adrian Martinez. Because Adrian Martinez has been the quarterback since the Frost regime started here. And that was, you know, he was anointed quarterback one from the day he set foot on campus. Um, And, you know, so has Adrian improved? I don't think necessarily. But, you know, are they (laughs) watching Adrian Martinez stand in – uh, a pocket and try to be a pocket passer yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I don't understand, you know, so are they putting Adrian Martinez in the situation where he can succeed? The other part of it, and Adrian, Adrian shoulders some responsibility for the fiasco that we watched. I mean, in the first half, he couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. He was so amped up, you know, and, and he was just, you know, part of that is, well, one of the uh, Brock Hurd, who was uh, the color analyst, he said he's not following through. You know, if you see a quarterback consistently throwing the ball high, that means they're not following through. Why is he not following through? Um, execution is a crazy thing sometimes. But um, Martinez deserves some of the responsibility, but I am not going to hang this all on Adrian Martinez, and I'm not going to say he's the shittiest quarterback that Nebraska ever has had. Um, <laughs> I, I have uh, a couple of a couple of things. When Frost, etc., you know, came in uh, at, at the beginning of 2018, there was uh, Tanner Lee. You know, he had his one and done year. There, there was no real quarterback coming back. Right? I mean, there. I'm trying to you know go back to the depth chart of four years ago and. I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, so it's very difficult for me, and I apologize. Um, so you, you you get a kid who, let's not forget, it, I don't know if this is a, 
defense of Martinez or uh, an indictment of the coaching staff, but you go after a kid who, you know, got to bring in a new uh, system. Oh, and by the way, he didn't even get a chance to play his senior year of high high school. school. Um, And so now he, and, and look, Every report, every indication is that Adrian Martinez is a, a super great guy. Fantastic. But I've not seen it. it it's almost a, a, an older, more experienced version of Luke McCaffrey. Uh, in that is can't throw worth a shit. You know, we, we got we, we, we got lucky in that 143, 45 yard pass that I'll be honest with you, it, I'll blame Fox on this because I thought that that pass was. 15 yards away from the receiver. Um, but, but, you know, had that nice little, but, but he, he's a runner, you know, and he should just be a runner, but what does it say about the rest of the quarterback room? And I, I've often been split on this. And I think if it's not the Huskers, I can, you know, have a, a more level-headed view of it, but it's the, you know, do you play the guy that's been there the longest or do you play the best? I don't think Adrian Martinez is the best quarterback. If he is, we're in trouble. And so here's the thing to your point, John, uh, why? And, and, you know, I, I say Verduzco, you know, needs to have a stern talking to. And, and you don't think that Frost is giving up any control for any any growth, any ability for uh, Coach Verdue to redo his job. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> good. But, that was a good one, Greg. I like that one. But if you're not, <laughs> thank you, John. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> I appreciate your sincerity, John. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you're not letting him do his job, then why are you wasting the the money on him? You know what? What's the point of having him there if you're not going to relinquish enough control to let him do his job? We haven't seen any progress in Adrian Martinez in now his fourth year. It's still the same. Uh, mental errors, still the same boo-boo face on the sideline. You know, he's not up, upstairs. He's not, uh, uh, if something goes wrong, you, you can tell by his demeanor that he's, that he's taking himself out of the game. Well, that's kind of a problem this team has. I mean, you, you know, you guys talked about the defense playing well and then they make one mistake and they seem deflated after that. And it still goes back to, uh, they're not, they're not a strong team. They're not mentally strong. They can't. And that, that requires veterans to pull them out of that. You know, I, I guess I said, I think I said this in the post game, the instant reaction thing. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I only played high school football and you play both ways, you know, so I, you, but I, I have to imagine that a defense playing on the field and playing hard watches their offense go out there and do the same fucking thing now year after year and game after game. And they still got to turn around and say, okay, now we have to go back out there and win the game. It's got to be deflating as shit for them to do that. So I, I, I I don't disagree with you, John, but I do think that I I do think there is an all for one, one for all mentality with this team. I, I, the impression that I have is that they're all pulling the same rope. And while the, while the defense is, is probably discouraged, frustrated, pissed off, you know, that type of thing about the way they're playing, um, I don't think that this defense, I don't think their mentality um, 
well, I, I do think their mentality is such, well, by God, then we got to win it. If they aren't going to do it, then we're going to do it. You know, that team fought and scrapped to the very, you know, last play of the game. They fought and they scrapped. There's pride among those guys. And, and they do that because, you know, it's the same mentality as, you know, you know, the guy you share the foxhole with in, in, in Normandy, you know, um, well, they didn't have, well, whatever, but bad analogy. Um, but, you know, it's, I think they have each other's back. I think that that's a positive with this team, but okay. I'm with you, John. Um, Scott Frost is not, he, he does not appear to have uh, what it takes to be a, a head coach of a division one football program. And, um, you know, whether if they play crappy against Fordham, is Trev Albert going to fire him? No, he's not. No. He's not. Um, if they play crappy against Buffalo, no. Scott Frost is in all likelihood going to be here through this season. And, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see if they don't improve the way they play. Um, can they circle the wagons and withstand the criticism that's going to come from the fan base. Um, I, 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 that would be very, very difficult, but um, I'm not giving up hope. I, I, I hope they come out and play very well um, on Saturday. I, I really do. Well, I think one of the, one of the things I cut out of the instant reaction video was a, I think I cut it out. Um the thing about doing these things, doing the videos, is you do so many takes on them. I do, and I don't write full scripts, so I don't remember what I say, what actually makes it into the final cup. Because uh, sometimes when you're writing and sometimes when you're doing content, uh, it's like you're giving birth to a child. And then other times, it's just like you're taking a shit. And it just flushes and goes away, and you don't think about it again. I was going to say, Andy Staples brought up the point that what is interesting about Scott Frost is he coached a team to 13 and 0 in the AAC, and he comes to Nebraska and he can't win more than three Big Ten West games. And that is, there's something there. You know, I, everybody can go, well, he had one great year. Yeah, but he still had an undefeated season. He, that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you don't just magically fart undefeated seasons. So what, what the fuck happened between there and here? I mean, we, we could speculate all day long on that, but you wanted to say something, Greg, and I always cut you off. <laughs> no, that's okay. What I was going to say was going to be wholly inappropriate and uh, the moment has passed. So, so that's okay. Um, but to your point, and I'm not, again, this, this falls under the excuse you know, train or whatever, but the big 10 is not the AAC, you know, um, there it, it's not only is it, you know, bigger schools, more successful schools, it is just strictly a different style of football. It's a different style in, uh, of football than Oregon. You know, you, you've got to have some of those, yeah. Uh, an overgeneralization. I apologize, but you got to have some Midwest beefcakes, you know, on the lines. You you can't. It, it's with the exception of you know, like the Ohio State, who is Ohio State. It, it doesn't strike me as a speed conference. It's a physical conference, you know. Um, and 
that's maybe never been Scott. And I remember when, when, you know, I watched that, you know, announcing press conference with Bill Moose, uh, LOL. Uh, and, uh, Scott Frost. And when Scott says, yeah, you know, uh, uh we're not going to really have to change the big 10. We're hoped that the big 10 has to change for us. That is a statement that will live in infamy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and look, I, I appreciate it at the time. I certainly appreciated the Bravo. And I was like, Fuck yeah! looking back and it's just like, Oh my God, you can't, I mean, I, I appreciate the bravado. I appreciate the, a little bit of, a little bit of a uh, cockiness there and, and uh, readiness, but man, it's, it's look like a guy who, you know, only knew Nebraska in the big 12 and had no idea of what big 10 football was like. And I'm not here grandstanding for the big 10. I'm here, hopefully grandstanding, hopefully make my case for what Nebraska has to do to be a successful football program. Um, because what it's been doing the last seven years is not success. You know, no. it, it's, um, you know, I, we're, we're to the point. I really honestly think we're to the point now of dissatisfaction with what is happening in Lincoln, that we would welcome back with open arms, a Bo Pelini yelling, swearing, and spit, you know, spittle flying out as he's yelling in, in a, in a player's face to get to nine wins and a bowl. Yeah, but Carl's Carl's going to be in jail, so we won't get the whole package. So. <laughs> That's fine. Can you hear the screaming that's going on in the background of this house? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you, you know, Greg, I, I concur with what you're saying. Um, and a question I have, and maybe you guys know the answer. One of the things I, I haven't heard, you know, when people want to draw these um, comparisons to the time that he was at uh, UFC or UCF, UCF. Um, what were those teams heavily penalized? Um, you know, were those teams, did those teams make the mental mistakes, the mental errors that these Nebraska teams do? Um, you know, it's hard to believe that you can be 13 and 0 with a team that is heavily, you know, that those that's Oklahoma back in the Barry Switzer days. Um, you know, did they turn the ball over? Did those UCF teams turn the ball over? Um, I, it, to me, how, how this team continues to shoot itself in the foot. One of the posts that I put up there, people scream about this team not having an offensive identity. Yes, they do. It's shoot me in the foot. What am I going to do <laughs> to screw up so that we don't score? That's the identity of this offense. I have a, a couple of answers for you, or perhaps at least one answer. Uh, the 2017 UCF team uh, netted negative uh, 1.3 uh, average uh, turnovers per game. Um and uh, as they far were 117th as, in the nation in penalties. Yeah. In other words, they were one of the least penalized teams in the nation. Oh, see, I look, I, I heard 117 pen, in penalties, and I go the other way. I'm like, oh, they were one of the more penalized. <laughs> so, so, what? Just a way what, of interpreting the numbers. 
So what's not getting through to these oh, kids? I'm now? sorry. They were actually, they were one of the more penalized teams okay. in the nation. Uh, giving up uh, 117th. I got that backwards. Uh, giving up almost 70 yards a game to penalties. You had a point, Todd. Well, so so what, what's the difference must be then the talent that's on the field compared to the opponents because those UCF teams were able to overcome the same shit that happens on the field that the Nebraska teams cannot overcome. Or the mentality on the field. Could be. No, I mean, look at it. When, when you look at Scott Frost's record, and I think they show this every, uh, every game we play, uh, how many points have we, have we lost that have been decided by, by eight points or less? In, it's like, what is it, 13, 14, 16, yeah. something like that? Yeah. yeah. A lot. In other words, yeah. if they made one less penalty, mm-hmm. if they made, you know, any, just one less penalty, one less, oh, I fielded the ball wrong, one less, oh, I didn't get a touchback. You know, it's not, this isn't one less. I, 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 hard. one less. Uh, I, I tried to return the, the punt from the one yard line and that didn't go so well for me. You take, you know, the, the, I'd you like to point out one thing about the punt return stuff. If you notice this, there were two guys returning punts. Okay. There was, I can't remember who the other one was because Oliver besides, Martin. Oliver Martin. Okay. Oliver Martin. Oliver Martin's job was not to return a punt, his <laughs> job was to field the punt. Cam Taylor Britt's job was to return a punt. So there is a difference there. So you kind of get a mentality where I'm going to make something happen. It's just, why don't you start on the 20-yard line if you're going to run backwards 10 yards to field the ball instead of putting, you know what I mean? Start a little forward of where you are. Know where you are on the field when you do that. So, you know, maybe we'll see exciting things out of Cam Taylor Britt in the punt return game this year. Who knows? Well, I don't know what else we can say about the Illinois yeah, game. Yeah, it was, it was a very frustrating game to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was maddening. And you know what? I got texts from my own children, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even the rotten son, the Minnesota kid. Uh, I did, what the fuck is this shit? This sucks. This is bad. This is terrible. I mean, they gave me all sorts of hell during this game. <laughs> I got a, a text from a coworker who, uh, after a conversation Monday, knows now not to text me during a Husker game. But at one point he said, so when are they firing Scott Frost? And, and I just sent back a, a GIF or a GIF or whatever, however you want to phrase it. I prefer GIF. Uh, GIF is the peanut butter. And it was just one of those, like, we don't talk about it. You know, <laughs> look, he's in year four of, uh, it was a seven-year contract before an extension. So I still feel in my heart that he's not going anywhere anytime soon no matter how far the wheels fall off, you know, uh, or, or how far the wheels roll having after, no, already fallen off, I guess would be the more accurate way to phrase that. Oh, geez, John, what's the good word? CJ Stroud hit uh, Wilson on a 56 yard touchdown pass. Ohio state goes up 24 to 21. Well, uh, we have officially given away the farm. You know, all of our secrets, all of our behind the curtain news, we're recording this on Thursday night. I, you know, I, I would say that Nate and McHugh, what was it, the morning after, wrote that headline that 
Uh, all of our opponents don't really have to do much. Just wait for us to be ourselves. <laughs> talk, talk about fitting. Yeah, there's there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, and here's here's the thing: as as in the digital space that that we're in here at Coordination, uh, we we're right up against it. You know, we we've had a slew of unsuccessful football seasons that have led to uh, a, a the same amount of like apathetic off seasons. And I mean, I'm not, we're, we're not trying to get too far into the weeds, but you know, as, as a site, John, you'll be able to attest that our numbers have not been as high as they had been in the past, but we run that. Um, we're, we're towing the line of, you know, like people want to come hear what we say and, and more likely they want to come bitch online about, you know, the players, the coaches, the team, the situation. Um, but, and, and that drives in some traffic, but I'm really excited for the day. I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait uh, or how much more gray hair I'm going to have when it happens, but I'm really excited for the day when people just come to coronation.com to rejoice. Well, we are playing Fordham. And we are playing volleyball. So, you know, I guess we have a couple of... Basketball season's only like 10 weeks away. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, last last week, I uh, I think John and I both, uh, when we went through the schedule, we both said we're going to beat Oklahoma. Um, I have a feeling that if, if that were to happen, were to happen, I think we will all come to coordination and rejoice. <laughs> yes. Here's, here's, here's something, too, and, and my memory isn't as good as you two guys, but Scott Frost has not had that signature win, you know, and I hate that cliche, but Scott Frost has not beaten a team that was a heavy favorite. And remember a year ago, not quite a year ago, when uh, Nebraska opened up against Ohio State, and that was a thrilling football game for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's – there's aspects of what is going on with this football team that is pretty high level and it's pretty exciting, but they can't be consistent and they can't sustain it. And, and that's, you know, I, I don't know what the cure for that is. Um, I don't know. I'm I do. Lie. I know what the cure is. Matt Campbell. <laughs> I know. I tweeted. I tweeted out during the game that we would throw ten million dollars a year at Matt Campbell, and my God, the Iowa State fans is still not let that go. <laughs> I, I know what the real cure is, guys. <laughs> the cure. Yeah. An English rock band formed in 1978. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. No, I, but I'm glad you mentioned the Oklahoma game, uh, Todd, because. It, brought to mind earlier if we're you know dragging him through the mud after the loss to illinois and i'm not saying he doesn't deserve it but if the football gods shine on us on the 18th of september i'm pretty sure it's the 18th i haven't actually looked at the date but we'll go with that and give us that that uh signature win how much more time theoretically, like how, 
how far does that go on easing some of the hurt feelings that we as, as a fan base have experienced in the last three years? Because that's seven days if they get beat the next week. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, but do do you uh, let's say I don't even know who they play after the Oklahoma game. Um, somebody, Michigan State. No, thank you. Well, that's not going to be a and loss. Northwestern. We're going to hand Mel Tucker his ass. All right. I was really hoping for this way. If, if by with the time we get past the Northwestern game, if we're not at four and two by that point, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, we're not going to make a bowl probably. Yep. John, we're going bowling. All right. We are going. I'm the guy that's about done with our head coach. So, John, worst case scenario, and I mean, I mean, worst case scenario. You come to my house, latter half of December. Bring your family, except the rotten son. And there's a bowling alley right next to a top-notch, top-flight barbecue joint that is a short drive from my house. We'll go bowling. We'll have some barbecue. Todd, I guess you can come too. All right, we'll have a, we'll have a, we'll do a five heart recording while. Oh bowling. my god! What, John? Can we play? Can we play poker sometime? Because your poker face is the shits. Let's leave this Illinois stuff in our in the rearview mirror. What else we got going on? Fordham. Uh, before we get pump the brakes, Chief. Before we get to Fordham. There was a little video put out this past week uh, from the uh, Nebraska football social media gurus. And uh, I just didn't know if you uh, gentlemen had the opportunity to uh, watch that video. Which video was it? The alternate uniform video. Oh, I don't watch that stuff. Okay. Was, I'm not an was... alternate uniform guy. I know you're not, but Todd... <laughs> I'm a uniform guy and um, I'm going to leave the, okay. I'm only going to talk about the uniform. I'm not going to talk about the production, the video. It was cool to see the fans. The neat concept. Cool to have uh, uh, Damon, Damon Jackson. Am I saying that right? Uh, Damien. Damien. Okay. It was cool to see him and recognize him. Um, but I, I don't want to talk about the militarism or military patriotism, et cetera. Anyway, the uniform, um, I'm not, I'm not pissed off about the uniform like I usually get because it's for the most part, it's Nebraska colors and, um, it's kind of got an interesting look to it. I've heard a lot of people say they like the NU on the side of the helmet. And that ought to be what they do all the time. Um, I think it looks kind of neat. It's going to be weird watching them wear white at home. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I, as far as the alternates go, um, it's, I think it's one of the one or two best alternates that they've had. They stuck with the colors. It's neat to have Damien be there, you know, and uh, be the one that modeled it. Um, I just... Um, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I, I will. And you know what? You mentioned the all whites and I'll be honest, that part didn't even register with me. Cause I, I, 
unlike you, I, I was caught up in the production and, and uh, in, in the whole, uh, you know, sentimentality of it, I suppose. Uh, so Todd, whatever you do, you probably not going to want to watch the YouTube video I dropped earlier this week. It's probably not going to be up your alley. Um, but, uh, our friend coordination's friend and my friend, uh, close personal friend, uh, Mr. Brett Baker, uh, he he calls the all white uniforms the surrender whites because it yeah. feels like every time we wear uh, the all whites it things don't go well um and that's you know up, up until you, you were talking about the uniform itself i didn't even that part didn't even register so um i mean it's buffalo but after what we witnessed against illinois i can't really take anything for granted anymore so let's just hope that the surrender uh whites uh, you know, the, the surrender aspect of the whites stay, uh, you know, uh, off the field, I suppose, for those uniforms. John, I'm not, I got nothing to say about uniforms. John, can we play, <laughs> can we play cards sometime for money? No, I, I can't play cards anymore. Why not? What do you mean? Why? Because my brain doesn't work that way. I can't do anything where I have to keep variables in my head. Okay. Gives me extremely bad headaches, so I don't. I don't play any card games. I played trivia all day long, but um, wait a minute, I probably wait still kick your ass at cards. I'd still stomp the living shit out of you in poker. I that's, take that's, everything you own. Well, that's the thing is that you have no poker face. Like you just look over there, and go, Ooh. yeah. And so until I, just I imagine, do, <laughs> I just imagine you look at your cards. <laughs> All in. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of pretty much how I did it. But, you know, the funny thing was, is most of the people that uh, I played poker with drank way fucking more than I did when we were playing <laughs> poker. So I just waited. So, uh, okay, what's next? I actually had a follow up about the cards. Yeah. Can we at least play, maybe get a game of Go Fish going? No. I can't play cards, man. I can literally, I can, I, I played some, oh, let's move on without that. I feel like Go Fish is like, do you have any fives? No? Okay. Oh, I got a pair. Let's put those down. <laughs> Your turn. You're getting abusive, Mr. Mahatko. <laughs> well, I'm, feel, I'm feeling abused. Can, can I, can I t- say something that I'm, uh, I probably yeah, just say it, motherfucker. There's a complaint against me, a formal complaint for various aspects. But one of the, the things is that uh, I w- was accused of uh, taking advantage of the elderly. Not like that, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I, and if, they, if they knew that I talk with you two every week, <laughs> they would know I have no problem with the elderly. Wow. Wow. That, uh, that was probably the best shot you've got. In <laughs> All right. Fordham. Fordham. The Rams. The Hams. The Rams. What do you know about Fordham, Todd? Seven blocks of granite, Vince Lombardi. There you go. Vince Lombardi was from Fordham. Who else? Yeah. Uh, you asked everything I know, and I told you seven blocks of granite and Vince Lombardi. That's what I know about Fordham. They're in the Bronx. They're Brooklyn. Bronx. 
Is it the same thing? I don't even know New York no, City. Bronx anyway, they're in New York City. They have yeah. 16. Well, I, I think it's going to be interesting if they get out of New York. Yeah. <laughs> if they, it actually is. It actually is the Bronx. Just heads up. Okay. They have 16,000 students. Uh, they're a private, private uh, Jesuit university. Yep. You know, it's another Jesuit university. St. Louis University. Loyola. Um, well, uh, you know, the, the deal with Fordham is that, um, <laughs> you know, they're, a, they're an FCS school and they're not even a FCS school. Um, they're going to come here and uh, it's, you know, I think, John, you've referred to them as body bag games. Um, Nebraska should by all means roll. However, um, you know, what's, what's going to be good enough? And what's, what's, what's that line going to be? I don't, in my opinion, I don't think Nebraska can look good enough. I think that everybody right now is going to be so critical about this team. I don't think that there's any way that Nebraska can, can win on style points. I just hope that we see at least two other quarterbacks in the game. I hope we see five or six running backs. I hope we see nine receivers and a whole bunch of guys playing on the offensive and defensive lines. That's what I hope. That would be a successful game as far as I'm concerned. So here, here's the thing. And I, John, I, I'm cutting you off and I'm, I'm doing uh, I, with apologies, but Nebraska knows and is as familiar with the Fordham Rams as they were with the fighting Illini a week ago with new staff, etc. So I'm fully prepared for Fordham to come out in an even or odd set and Nebraska will have to abandon half the plan. You know what would be good, Todd? It was my 14. <laughs> Tell me, John. What would be good is if Nebraska scores like 84 points, you know what would be bad? Uh, if they score six? No. If they score 84 points, but 42 of them are called back on penalties. <laughs> the problem with that statement is that that's a very real possibility. And when I said it, you were probably going, yeah, that probably could fucking happen. Isn't it? Right? Am I right? Can I... Uh... Can, can I share a, a few more, uh, perhaps some esteemed alumni from Fordham University? Denzel Washington. Indeed. Also, uh, Dylan McDermott from the practice uh, decades mm-hmm. ago. David Copperfield, legendary illusionist. Um, the uh, now disgraced former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, as you mentioned, yes, Denzel. It, it, put a pin in Denzel. I have Follow-up question for you guys. Uh, actress uh, Patricia Clarkson, actor Alan Alda, Vin Scully, as you wow. mentioned, uh, Vince Lombardi, and our most recent El Presidente, DJT. I don't think he's on that list. I mean, according to Google, he is. Who? Donald Trump. You know, the orange man. Uh, oh. You know, who uh, Lana Del Rey also. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Who Boy, you, they're they're kind of right up there with North uh, Northwestern's alums. How do you <laughs> how do you not know who Lana Del Rey is? 
Oh, why? I know why. It's because you're a parent. You got to listen to shitty kids music, don't you? <laughs> I never fell for that trap. I made my kids listen to real actual adult music the entire time they were growing up. I never understood why adults go, oh, here's crappy, shitty kids music instead of like, I don't know, listening to uh, decent music. You know, like the Carpenters or Electronic or... I mean, uh, we, listen, we listen to classic rock in, in my van, boss. <laughs> and who, who Lana Del Rey is? I'm sorry. When, when, oh, oh, Lana Del Rey, born in 1985. So she probably, I don't know, didn't become an active singer-songwriter until 2005, 2010. At that point, I wasn't listening to that kind of music. Okay. That kind of music? I don't know. I don't know what she did. Okay. Uh, what else do we know? They're the Rams, they're the Bronx. Uh, they're probably, I'm guessing this game is going to be delayed. Do you know why this game is going to be delayed? Because oh. of all the water in New York. No. Because of the COVID. Do you have a guess? They aren't going to get out of town. Delayed because of the uh, pandemic, the Rona. No. Because no. Temple and Rutgers are going to be moved into the same time slot. No. The delayed in because our coach, about. it's because our head coach is cursed by someone or something for something he did in the past. That motherfucker, this game gets delayed. That motherfucker needs to go see an exorcist. <laughs> and that is not even a joke. I'd ask the next question, but I think we'll let it go. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I want to back up to uh, the, the pin. I want to take the pin out of Denzel. And I want to ask you guys uh, a preference question. Denzel or Tom Hanks? Who you got? Tom Hanks. Yeah, I'd probably go for Tom Hanks just because of the World War II movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's close. It's close. It's required when you're at our age, Greg. <laughs> no, no, Denzel. I, Denzel's right. I mean, that's too, way up here. Smoking meats. <laughs> Den Denzel, look, they both. I I think the the reason perhaps Tom Hanks is uh, gets the nod a little bit is he's a little bit more in the public eye. He, it, by by, it's a little recency bias, right? He's had more movies come out recently. I think Denzel's been uh, doing other things, and, and we haven't seen as many Denzel movies in the last five, ten years as we have uh, Mr. Hanks. I love them both. I think they're both fantastic uh, actors, and I enjoy all their work. Concur with you that. You didn't mention you didn't mention Susan Lucci as a graduate of Ooh. Susan Lucci. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's like, what the fuck is that? What, John, what the Greg, Susan Lucci? John, John and I have watched her not age for the last forty years. <laughs> Google. God, that is true. That is completely. <laughs> it looks like she's held together with a, a duct tape. I don't know. I don't know who this person is. She is a queen of the soap operas. She's uh, been a soap opera actress for very many years. I, I couldn't, I just remembered seeing her on the list and going, oh my God, this woman has never aged in her life. She's not even human. She's probably Look, one of the people that live among us. I, she's 74 years old. I, you can't expect me to know anything about her. What else we got? Luke and Laura. Luke and Laura. Does that mean anything for you? No. 
Oh my no. God, why would it? Oh, John, you watched it. You were there. You skipped class and you went to wherever there was a TV set and you watched it. Yes, you did. No. <laughs> Is this one of these things you're going to convince me I did because my memory's so shitty? I mean, like, I, I, I know about Luke and Leia. I didn't have to. I didn't have to watch Luke and Laura. Everybody else told me about it. Luke and Laura. That was another soap opera. And literally, the day they got married, college campuses all over the country nearly shut down. They did not go to class. People were huddled around any television set they could find. Well, of course, they only had two channels to choose from. <laughs> No, that is true. I, I feel like this, and the, the the way that this conversation has gone, we have lost our entire audience under the yes. age of fifty. <laughs> yes. So let's get our predictions and get the hell out of here. All right, we'll start with you, Todd. It's the home opener. <laughs> it is Lincoln Memorial. But by the way, uh, Nebraska, the Tunnel Walk is going to be featured uh, this upcoming, I believe, Tuesday on Big Ten Network. And our very own Patrick Gerhart uh, spoke with one of the producers of said show uh, for one of his podcasts. And we're going to have that uh, dropping on Monday uh, as well. Want to get that out there? Something to look forward to if the weekend doesn't go our way. There's always there's always some light at the end of the tunnel. That tunnel is at Memorial Stadium. So, Todd, what is your prediction? Nebraska. 34-21. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 84 to 13, but 42 of our points are called back on penalties. <laughs> I would like to, uh, you know what I want to see? I want to see a quarterback, not named Martinez or McCaffrey play in Nebraska football. That's what I want to see. I heard they exist. Not sure. Want to see it. I, I, I'd like to uh, lighten the mood and uh, borrow a page from some very near and dear friends of ours uh, from the, I guess, now canceled, now off the air, Big Red Cobcast. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a tweet. I'm going to say 69 to 3. <laughs> That's a very good score, actually. It could be that. I mean, nobody really anticipated it to be 6 to 2 last week, so anything's possible. <laughs> So, well, you know, you have to admit, I was pretty close because I, I said that they would have 14 points on turnovers and what they get. They got, uh, you know, we gave them basically nine. 12 points, right? Or was it nine? nine? I mean, we gave away points. So, and then we, we didn't score 34, obviously, because our offense isn't very good. We're going to need some more of those pick sixes and some more of those scoop and score fumbles. And, uh, to field a punt or a kick return out further away than the one and run it back. Because I think if we have to rely on the offense. Yeah. All right. That is it for this episode. We will be happier next week because we'll be talking about a Husker victory against Fordham. I just want you to process that. That's, that's our, that's, that's our barometer now for excitement. We're going to be excited about beating Fordham. <laughs> assuming we do it because, again, we don't know anything about them. So we're going to have to try to adapt. <laughs> My God. <laughs>
<laughs> my God. Okay. That is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast, as always. Thanks to uh, these two old farts for uh, keeping me up late. Todd Wolverton, John Dam Johnston. I'm Greg Mahachko. Wishing you, reminding you, really, wishing you a happy weekend and reminding you that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John. Go Big Red. Todd? I second that. <laughs> it's oh just like, it, it was this Motown. I second that emotion. Oh, I can put a little tune with it next time. We, oh, God, Dad, that's what we need. <laughs> Percy, grow, 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 grow the corn. Then you pick, 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 pick the corn. <laughs>